Rightio, uh, let's get to uh, one of our new segments. It's called I-C-Y-M-I. In other words, in case you missed it. In case you missed it. Uh, it will be driven by uh, Logan Swinkles because uh, what we do is we, we look back on uh, various interviews uh, that have occurred in the early stages of this week. Uh, some of these will pertain to rugby. Uh, there'll be other ones as well uh, throughout the course of how we do it. Um, but basically, it's just in case you missed it when they said it. Logan, who's first up? Yeah, as, as, a, uh, as a cool kid say, in case you missed it... Um well, we have a show called In the Red with uh, Ricardo Ball and Justin Marshall. And I think Marshall is really taken to uh, being a host these days. And one thing he really enjoyed was getting a fellow halfback on. This is him and Andy Ellis. It's perfect now that I'm the host and you have to suck up whatever I say and any question I ask. So it's absolutely my ideal situation. So I'm going to throw you straight into the mixer. Um <laughs> and ask you about the uh, situation at nine with the Crusaders. Now, it's hard for you to comment, I know, because you know both players and you've played with both of them, but uh, where do you sit on where Scott Robertson selects either player and who do you think is better better preferred for the weekend after suffering a loss like that? Oh, that's a big question. You know, both both those Mitch and Willie are, are great mates, um, and you know we all know that the, the, they're also um, quality players, both of them. So I, I, I kind of see it like um, sort of depends what sort of style or, or game you're looking to play. You know, Willie's got quite a lot of experience coming out of the UK, playing um, probably a more direct style of play. So mm. uh, depending on the opposition you're playing, you, you know, you might want to keep it in a little bit tighter and, and also conditions, you know, if, if it's going to be quite, you know, wet or, or windy, you know, um, you know, Willie's sort of got that experience. Um, but, you know, then you've got Drummy who, you know, he's been he's been fighting it with Bryn for years now and finally, you know, this is his year to kind of stamp his mark and uh, I really want to see him get some consistent game time, you know, running out and doing his thing because that's kind of what he needs now at this, at this stage in his career. So, but I, I, know, I know it's probably not the answer here. You're after, but I really do think there are quite a few things kind of that, that Razor will have to consider when, when he's looking at those selections. Yeah, well, being uh, in the landscaping business, you're used to sitting on the fence, so that's fine. Um, right, let's think about <laughs> dishing it out. <laughs> yeah, halfbacks giving each halfbacks um, a bit of the old what oh, um, but uh, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant and uh, interesting insight there. A couple of uh, former Crusaders halfbacks looking at the, the, the current situation. All right, uh, what do we get next, Logan? Well, the Tall Blacks played last night, beating Lebanon 106-91. to Great result considering the last time uh, the Tall Blacks played Lebanon towards the end of last year. They did lose. We had Ruben Tarangi on uh, last week to talk about that. He wasn't part of that squad the last time they played them. He was this time, and he was a good part of it. And after that match, good friend of the show, Ricardo Ball, had Justin Nelson on extra time. And uh, they looked at the depth of the squad. When you talk about depth, I think there's probably nine players who didn't play tonight that could arguably make that World Cup team uh, mid-year. Shea Illy, of course, recovering at the moment from some head knocks, and we hope that he's recovering well. Tommy Vidanovic, Isaiah Liafa, Rob Lowe, Tom Abercrombie, all with the breakers at the moment ahead of that grand final series, which starts later this week against the Sydney Kings. Sam Wardenberg, who played on Friday night in that 60-point 
uh, thumping of Saudi uh, Arabia. He didn't play tonight. He's headed home to Cairns. Ty Webster, Corey Webster, there's eight names. And I'll tell you what, I, I reckon the Tall Blacks will probably leave a spot open for a man by the name of Stephen Adams. You may have heard of him before. That's nine players who I think who didn't play tonight who could make the World Cup team. Wow, yeah, that is uh, that is some strength. Uh, what do you think the chances are of, um, you know, the big man actually making himself available before it's uh, too late? Uh, look, I, I think there's a good chance. I mean, he's surrounded in the NBA uh, now by a lot of international players who are looking forward to playing for their countries in the World Cup. He's getting a little bit older. He's getting a little bit wiser. Um, you know, he's uh, he's out there representing New Zealand every single time he plays in the NBA. And gee, doesn't he do a good job? But he's got some injury concerns at the moment. He's coming back uh, from an injury. Uh, I think as his career um, winds down or gets into the twilight years, I think he's still got some good years ahead of him in the NBA, mind you. Uh, I think there'll be an itch there. I really do think that he'll uh, want to put the black singlet on. Whether it's this time round or next time round, that's probably the question. I dare say we're going to find out in the next few months. That's definitely a question that never goes away, Smithy, until it does happen is when and if ever will Stephen Adams play? Interesting that Justin Nelson thinks there's the potential for that to happen in this World Cup, it does take place between August 25th and September 10, which is off-season for the NBA. But like I said to you last week, I still believe it's more going to be an Olympics that we might see him. But I do understand the pressure that he is talking about when you hear the likes of Australia's best. You see Paddy Mills will always put his hand up to play for Australia. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if at some point we'll now see that click for Stephen Adams. Yeah, interesting. In fact, a number of Australians do, don't they, over the years? A number of NBA um, high-profile players uh, have done exactly that from Australia's, um, from Australia's perspective, and uh, they've added quite a lot of weight to, um, to what they've done. Mm. Back to rugby. <laughs> Back to rugby. rugby. Yeah, the rule, the rule changes uh, is what we're all about at the moment. That's what we want to see. How is it going? How is it affecting the play is it speeding things up is it making life harder for the players well the run home you know the ties that beaver has to the chiefs well they got damien mckenzie on this is what he had to say but what was it like with those new rules being implemented what differences did you notice um just the rest chaffing in my ear when i was goal kicking (laughs) was probably the main one um (laughs) i'm sure a lot of the other kickers probably Probably um, thought the same, but I won't blame that on my um, all first two kicks. But um, yeah, I guess you got to got to speed things up, which is great. Though I think even talking to a lot of people who watched the game over the weekend, they said that it was noticeable how longer the ball was in play, and um, you know, which is great, makes for a great spectacle for the fans. And like I said, you got to be pretty fit um, playing this game, and obviously a lot fitter now. So yeah, I think I think it's good. It speeds things up and um, keeps ball in play for longer, and yeah. It, allows us to play more rugby, which is great. McKenzie has quite an iconic uh, routine when it comes to goal-kicking, Smithy. Mm. I wonder how he truly feels about that being rushed. Yeah, well, his is down, you know, his is pinpoint, isn't it? Where, particularly if they said you've got to cut out the smile when you look at yes. the post. You've got to cut that out uh, because um, that's going to cost you time. So don't think he can do that. It's a trademark. It's a McKenzie trademark. That's what kids do in the backyard or down at the local park and trying to kick goals. Um, so it'd be sad to see that disappear. And I, I'd never, ever accuse Damien McKenzie of slowing the game down. 
That's one thing I would never do. Damien McKenzie is one of those players who injects so much impetus and energy into a game uh, that you could never really say he's the reason why people go home bored, to be honest. Now, before we get to the last part of uh, In Case You Missed It, Smithy, how would you describe your relationship with one Sir Ian Botham? Uh, good uh, opponents. Very, very good opponents. I remember, uh, so I can tell you through about Ian Botham, we bowled in England for 93 and 84, I think, at um, Lancaster Park, and we're celebrating uh, a, a victory over England, which were very rare, and he'd been dismissed very cheaply, particularly in the second innings, and we got back to our dressing room. We were sitting in our dressing room with a couple of beers and his, and his uh, socks, and said, what took you so long? When <laughs> we came back to the dressing room. Uh, that's the kind of opponent uh, Ian Botham was. Terrific, hard, brilliant. And fun. All right, good to know. Before I get to the juicy part, this is what uh, Sir Ian Botham had to say on breakfast this morning about the Black Apps. You know, England are, are in a different mindset. They're in a different realm at the moment. They're playing extremely confident cricket. But for the Kiwis, what do you pin, pin it down to for them and, and kind of how do they change um, and get some success out of their game? Well, I, I did a thing with Mike Hesson yesterday, um, the former coach, and uh, it was interesting talking to him, and he just said, you know, I agree with him entirely, and that is that test cricket needs to be played in this way. It needs to be exciting. Uh, you know, I'd like to think in the era that we played, we were aggressive, but these guys have taken it to another dimension, which is great, uh, and it's good. And selling out, you, you were struggling to sell test match tickets, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Uh, when, when the days when we used to turn up and say play in Calcutta and 140,000 people, 100 inside, 40,000 in Eden Gardens, uh, listened to on transistor, those days have disappeared. But they're back. They're coming back. Mm. I, I noticed that the game in Delhi, uh, where Australia got hammered, which is always a shame, isn't it? But uh, anyway, they got uh, absolutely stuffed by uh, India. And but the thing was. There was a big, the crowds were back. And it's the same here at Wellington. The game's been sold out. It'll probably be sold out again today. I know it's a smaller ground, uh, only about five, five, six thousand or whatever. But um, it's good to see the crowds coming back. And, that, and if you play attractive cricket, it's like any sport. It's like the rugby that the All Blacks have pioneered for years and years. Uh, it, it's, it's good. If you want to watch that and see it and see it uh, played at a high level. And so, yeah. I think uh, New Zealand, uh, you know, Kane Williamson, another good knock from him. He's, he's been there or thereabouts, number one in the world for many years now. Uh, Tim South, he's still going. But these guys, I think, you know, they would like to um, generate the enthusiasm that he's seeing from the England team. And day five is underway, Smithy, at the Basin Reserve. It is free entry today, so if you're not doing anything, get along. There are some seats still available to scan at the gate for capacity reasons. They have taken a wicket. We'll get to that more later. But he also addressed you, Smithy. Any stories from a Kiwi that stand out? Like you you come home and, and well, you come back How to New Zealand. How is Smithy? How is Smithy? <laughs> Give us one of those ones. Smithy. Well, Smithy, mate, he, he is larger than life, literally. You know, he is... Uh, <laughs> as fact, as, as I'm speaking, I've just got a message come through from Smithy. Yeah, so, uh, I won't read it out. But anyway, um, uh, he's obviously listening somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, he's... Um, no, Smithy was great to work with, but he was, he was a character. He's, he's 
he's just one of those guys. He's a fantastic commentator, one of the best I've worked with ever. And um, mm. no, he's great, but it's hard to imagine him now behind those stumps, isn't it? Yeah, with the pads yeah. on and the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. You've been too nice, Beefy. You've been too nice. You just have to have a wee stab there. I can't talk, mate. I wouldn't be good on that rugby field at the back. I'll be good on the front row, but that's all right. Uh, look, we're going to go to a break. And as we go to this break, I've got one message for you, Lord Botham. Pot and kettle. 